recovery. You might be cruising down it. A friend or family member lost on it. Or the road is, well, still under construction. Relevant Recovery Radio is about getting to that destination of normal health, mind, or strength. Now, Relevant Recovery Radio, here to give you the keys, Larry Weedy Kind. Hello, everyone. This is Larry Wittekind, your host. Matthew's Hope Foundation sponsors this wonderful program. It's Relevant Recovery Radio. Uh, glad to have you with us today. We've got a very special guest with us today. His name is George Joseph. And rumor has it that he is the king of recovery in Houston. I mean, and, and seriously, folks, I, I think he actually is. So George uh, has been in the recovery business a long time. I'm not exactly sure how long, but he's going to let you know. I'd like you to hear his story, hear all about what, what motivates him, what gets him up in the morning, and uh, what he worries about, what he, what he gets joy over. He's going to tell us really about his, his story and a lot about positive recovery. His recovery organization is called, again, Positive Recovery. And you can get a hold of Positive Recovery by, by dialing 877, the number 4, Sobriety. That's 877-476-2743. Again, 877, the number 4, Sobriety. Now, let, let's uh, so, so why is he considered by many to be the king of recovery? Well, he has 13 outpatient recovery centers he's going to talk about. He's got two inpatient recovery centers and one sober living, and they happen to be all through Texas, Austin, San Antonio, San Marcos, the greater Houston area. So, And he's been doing this a long time, and uh, many people actually really, they kind of hang on every word George says. So that's kind of why I brought him in here, because I thought, well, maybe I can learn a few things here. So, George, welcome. Thank, <laughs> Thank you for you. being that's with us. That's quite, quite an introduction. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. It doesn't sound like me. <laughs> well, folks, you can't see him, but I th- he's turning a little bit red. Yes, yes definitely <laughs> so red. He's a face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> so, George, so tell us how you got started. I mean, what originally motivated you yes. to get into the recovery business? Uh, because I wasn't very good at doing drugs and drinking, basically, okay. <laughs> and, and being lawful. Never uh, heard that before. Yes, I, yes, you really yeah. weren't very good at doing that. Uh. No, I wasn't very good. <laughs> okay. so, so I was a basically lost, addicted teenager oh, and okay. uh, sold drugs, co- sold cocaine in 1981 to an undercover nar- federal narcotics agent. Oh, my goodness. And wow. uh, was arrested. And, you know, the best thing that ever happened in my life, it saved my life. The, the attorney knew about a rehab center in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And so I stumbled in that facility October 12th, 1981, and been sober ever oh, since. 1981. My goodness. You don't look a day over 50. <laughs> thank but you. 1981, I thank think you. you are. Yeah, thank you. Yes. <laughs> Getting closer to 60, scary. <laughs> scary. <laughs> <laughs> Wait until you get over 60. <laughs> yeah, it gets scarier. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's funny. I, I uh, you know, you think it's the darkest day of your life and it ends up saving your life. And mm. I was just at that point, especially after being arrested, I, I felt like I was. I, wouldn't, I didn't know it at the time, but I was probably suicidal because the way I was using, I was so afraid of going to prison that I was basically you know, in a suicidal state. And checking into rehab, I slept for a couple of days in detox. 
mm-hmm. and then you know did my rehab center and during my uh, treatment inpatient treatment I had to go to court and I love this story because it was in Thibodeau Louisiana Thibodeau there's a lot of jokes about Thibodeau yeah Thibodeau and Boudreau I can tell you is that where you grew up <laughs> yeah near Thibodeau near, near Thibodeau <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> I can think of three jokes right now <laughs> <laughs> I could we could spend a whole hour on Boudreau and Thibodeau Boudreau jokes and Thibodeau. <laughs> but, uh, but that was no joke for you at the time and they were it? all my friends but the <laughs> <laughs> that's good the uh you know when I went to court they took me out it was the day before Thanksgiving 1981 I still remember it to this day and in the beginning of the court, the whole morning was full. The courthouse was full. There was an old Cajun that was sentenced to 90 AA meetings in 90 days. And I remember him being so angry with the judge, talking back to him. Man, I don't want to do that. I don't, I'm not an alcoholic. And, and then I went to lunch. And then once lunch finished, we went back to court. And I'm expecting the court to be full again. And it was just me and my family. Oh, my goodness. And so oh. it was serious oh. back then. And they brought me into the room and said, hey, look, if you help us get your contacts, then you won't go to prison. Otherwise, you know, you're going to be a, a, you know, I forgot what term they use, but mm-hmm. you're basically in Angola, which is our state penitentiary. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you're scared. I mean, I'm like, I weighed like probably 130, 140 pounds. Mm-hmm. And um, I just remember going back to rehab. I actually asked my mom and uh, to not let me go until everybody was sleeping because I didn't want to face anybody coming back. And then the next day was Thanksgiving. And I just remember my counselor talking to me about it, and she said, you know, if you do what they ask, you probably won't stay sober. Mm-hmm. If you take a risk and focus on your recovery, you, you can get out of this. You, you, you'll survive this process. Oh, so she she was telling you make this personal. Yeah. Make it personal for your own recovery. Yeah. Yeah, she, and that she, was on Thanksgiving Day. Thanksgiving Day 1981, oh. she dropped that seed oh. in my heart and, you know, I made the decision and told the lawyer that I didn't want to help them. I wanted to take my chances and if I had to go to Angola, I just would face it because as we talk about in recovery, it's one day at a time. And so, you know, even though I was fearful in the courtroom, I wasn't as fearful once I talked to her. And then it was easier each day up until the point that I had to go and do my jail time. And fortunately, the jail time was in a like a Mayberry RFD jail with a lot of people I was arrested with. And, you know, they were like making fun of me. Hey, you went to this rehab stuff and we're getting out soon and you're just checking in. And But it was such the right thing for me to do to hmm. save my life, to get help, to face my demons, to talk about the grief, to talk about the issues so that I can build that foundation for sobriety. Sobriety is built with a foundation. And if your foundation is weak, you won't stay sober. You will have struggles. I have a strong foundation. And it started because I went to treatment, rehab, a rehab, prison, or jail. <laughs> and how, long, how long were you in the joint? I was just there six, eight, six, eight weeks. People six, eight were weeks, asking yeah. Yeah. to get me out because I, I was doing the right thing. Mm. Wow. So you did not relapse. You actually stayed sober from sober that very life. first yeah. rehab experience. Yeah. Since the first day. Yeah. Uh, was it a 30-day? Uh, it was actually 45, 45 or maybe days. 48 days. Yeah, it was yeah. like six, eight weeks of Yeah, the treatment. longer you can be in there if you're really working it, the yes. better, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, uh, folks, we've got a little commercial break. Don't go away. George Joseph, <laughs> CEO of Positive Recovery Centers, uh, heard a little bit about his experience. A lot more to come. Yes. Stay with us, folks.
Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio. I am Larry Wittekind, your host, and uh, with us is George Joseph. I hope you're with us to hear the first segment. He talked about his first rehab experience and what actually got him in. But uh, I, I want to introduce uh, Jennifer O'Neill to you. She's been on this show before. She is the executive director of the recovery support teams for Matthews Hope Foundation. And basically what that means is when our, when our <laughs> detox and recovery patients are discharged from the hospital, she and her team members actually then step in and they become recovery coaches, right? Uh, and uh, now Jennifer happens to have a master's degree licensed in social work. And she's been all over the globe uh, doing that. Uh, but she, So she has a, a wealth of experience, yes. but she also employs recovery coaches. Yes. Uh, and these recovery coaches, they, they stand with uh, our clients on a daily, weekly, monthly basis for up to two years to make sure that they stay sober. And um, but, but she wants to say something about George Joseph. Yes, I'm uh, just yeah. so delighted to be here to hear all this. I, I I am so grateful for you, George. I, I mean, you really affected my sobriety in a, in a very positive way. I guess that's why you call it positive recovery, right, man? But what I have to say is um, I just remember I was so devastated learning that I was an alcoholic, right? And I'm thinking, what am I going to do? But you made, you made it fun. You made me laugh. Like, seeing you laugh at yourself helped me laugh at myself. And, you know, there's this, like, sobering moment where you're just like, oh, this is what it's about. Oh, my gosh. This is, this is like, this is, it just gets so real that it's either going to get painful and, or you just laugh about it. And, and for me, I had to laugh about it. You taught me how to laugh and also how to face the the problems the issues in my in my life so I, I'm so grateful for you thank you for just being who you are uh, thank All you right, you can't make me cheer up and cry I'm the host okay I mean this come on <laughs> thank you that's, that's beautiful I appreciate you and very your nice. honesty you're you're amazing the way you throw it out there and and you're real and I love real people and that's what you get in recovery is people are real people are real <laughs> right, it's it's right. been amazing you know it's been honestly I. I I've never been in recovery from addiction to a substance or alcohol. For some reason, um, I've just been lucky, blessed uh, to not have to deal with that in my life. But, I, of course, I had to deal with it with both of my sons. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was quite a learning experience for me. But honestly, uh, since starting Matthew's Hope Foundation and our detox recovery program at St. Joseph Medical Center, I have learned what the recovery community is all about. and. It is authentic, real. There are no airs. I mean, people don't put on airs. They're just honest with themselves and with each other. And that's actually different. I saw your face, George. I was like, who's he met? Because I know a few. Well, okay. I saw a majority. That face. Okay. I'd say a majority. So they, once they work the steps, it's all. Once they work the 12 steps, they all like that. No, 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 okay. I call it polishing the turd, right? That's what they do. We polish the turd. Exactly. Well, so, so it, yeah, folks, they're right, right? If you are working the 12 step program, Yes, or some version of that, maybe celebrate recovery. If you're working that program, you're looking uh, at yourself. Then, then you're you, looking yes. at yourself. You, it's self-examination. Yep. It's yep. getting in touch with your creator yep. and, and knowing that community and that fellowship. That's what yes. I love about Houston, Texas, yes. is that Houston, Texas is on fire sure. regarding recovery yep. community. We're the best in the nation. Can yes. you agree with that? I agree with that fully. Yeah. Yep. 
and I'm, you got me on the edge of your edge of my seat um, <laughs> about your, the rest of your story. So please continue. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Georgia. Thank yeah. you. I, yeah. Well, you know, once I uh, they they kept calling the sheriff and the people to let me out of jail. Right, all the people in my recovery support were behind me, mm-hmm. and so they finally, the day they let me out. It was a, obviously a wonderful day, and I had a real. I was at a crossroads. I could go to Bourbon Street, or I could go to the recovery sober living where I came from, and speak to some kids at a, at the college there in Thibodeau. Mm-hmm. And I chose that sober living experience to see the guys I was in with, and and to go speak to those kids. And you know, it was just it, you have turning points in your life, and when you're spiritually sound and you're working your recovery, the decisions are easy. Mm-hmm. When you're not spiritually sound, the decisions are very tormenting, and a lot of people fall because they're weak in their recovery. Yeah. And so I, luckily I was strong, even though I was in jail, I was strong enough to make that right decision. And it, it, you know, it alters your life, every decision will alter so, your life. So you recognized that your connection with God, your creator, yep. your yep. spirituality, yep was key to your recovery. Absolutely. Without it, I wouldn't be sober. Two things, really, three things, really, the fellowship, the spiritual development, and, um, God, I went going blank on having fun in sobriety. Having fun in sobriety. You don't have, to me, those were the three key Mm. fundamentals that I needed to get, and I experienced it. And I was like, even even when I was in the recovery, sober living, Mm. I learned how to have fun in sobriety. And I'll tell you the exact time when it happened, basically, one of the counselors was from Minnesota, and he married a girl from Thibodeau, and they were having a wedding. And all the guys in the house, we were called brothers. There's like 16 guys. We went to the wedding, and they brought a camcorder, and so each brother was taking their turn. And back in 81, the camcorders were, well, it was probably 80, beginning of 82. These camcorders used to be huge. Now, oh, I remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, big cam- camcorders. Yeah. Yeah, heavy. Yeah. And so once I got it, I wouldn't let it go. It was my defense. It was like my protection because in the reception, there were Cajuns drinking, which, mm-hmm. you know, obviously yeah. I'm part Cajun. And, you know, the sober few guys that were there with the, the counselor, the male, the, the, the groom. And so that's going on. And I didn't realize that that was my defense. And then mm-hmm. sometime during the reception, they had all the guys in the program go up and sing with the band. And the song was Proud Mary. And I can't sing for anything, but I could just see everybody laughing, having fun, not caring about who, you know, what do you look like or what am I saying or doing? And it kind of became a tradition for a while. At each wedding, we would sing, if there was a band, that song. And it was just a lot of fun. And I realized you could have fun without drugs and alcohol. I didn't know that. I thought you had to be wasted to, so you could always have an excuse if you did something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I've always said, I don't need to drink to be crazy. I'm already crazy, already right? Crazy. So, so I do crazy things, not drink. Exactly. And so you wanted Maybe to have that excuse. Why, well, now you, didn't, you don't need the excuse. You just say, I'm crazy. And you I'm just laugh fun. at yourself. I mean, that's the thing about sobriety is it teaches you self-compassion yep. and humility. Mm-hmm. Yep. All those great resiliency, perseverance. Yeah. And we just laugh at ourselves. Yeah. We have that ability in that self-examination and... Uh, in community, yep. we have that ability to grow up and laugh at ourselves. Yeah. Right? And everybody's been where you've been, one way or another. We might have different external things, but internally, we all been through some of the same feelings that everybody's felt. Everybody's felt right, especially as a teenager. Exactly, you feel insecure. Yeah, you don't feel loved. Yeah, you hate your parents. Yeah, I mean, there's just all of oh. that stuff going on. And in the meantime, your brain is 
trying to mature. Yeah. Try you know, I mean every part of your brain is actually learning how to communicate properly with each other and then you start drinking or you start taking coke or whatever it might be. And now your brain's all screwed up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and physically, uh, you keep growing, but emotionally, you stop. So I was right. like a 12 year old in a 19 yeah. year old body. I like right. how you do that. I was like, <laughs> as was. in past tense. <laughs> yes, I was like, yeah, and I hope, hopefully I've matched my age now emotionally, but that's what's good about sobriety. And, and the yeah. other thing that happened was while I was in the sober living, the counselors called me in their office one day with a very serious look. And I, you know, I was scared of jail as it was, but they came and they said, hey, we want you to read this book on becoming a counselor. Mm. And I'm like, really? And they said, yeah, you have a way you can confront people without them being defensive. And that's a talent. And I'm like, really? So, so okay. They had recognized the gift that you already had. Yeah, went four or five months <clears throat> over. And they yeah, said that yeah. to me. And I just remember going back upstairs and talking to the, a couple of the other guys, and I said, "Man, they're really hard up for help. <laughs> they want me. To, they think I could become a counselor one day. <laughs> they, they must really got a low they response. They must really be hard up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, when it's a calling. So that was, but but if I may suggest, yeah. was that your second sort of explosion moment? Yeah, that be, because the first one you talked about. Uh, earlier, yeah, right. right. No, it changed your yeah, life. Changed, I mean, it, that was a life-changing life. somebody recognizing conversation, a talent, yeah, a God-given talent yeah. that you have, yeah, right, absolutely. So what that I, is that's the first moment when you started may, maybe thinking, yeah, yeah, well, maybe I could contribute something. Yeah, who knows? Wow, well, well, that's that is so interesting. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk more about that in yeah. the next segment. Okay, y'all, we'll be right back. Thanks. Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio. This is Larry Wittekind with Matthew's Hope Foundation. And today our special guest is George Joseph. And he's just uh, he's just been talking about his own rehab and recovery experience as a young man uh, in Thibodeau, Louisiana. And, um, you know, he went on to accomplish some really wonderful things for the recovery community here in the, in the greater Houston area. And so, George, uh, so so you're you're now recovered. You did not relapse. Nope. So you're, you know, you realize that you're in six percent of the people <laughs> that actually go to recovery, because mm-hmm. according to SAMHSA, it's like ninety-four percent of people actually relapse at least once. Yeah. You did not, right. but it's because your recovery experience, your rehab experience, was so important to you. Yep. Basically, you had the threat of prison. Yeah. Right. Uh, yep. For those of you who didn't hear the first part, George talked about. You know, what happened is he was using and dealing Coke, yep. correct? And then one day, he dealt Coke to a federal agent. Yes. Right. Way and, to go, that, George. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, you're introduced to him by somebody you think you can trust. You think it's you can it's trust. an untrustworthy world. It, it, exactly, yeah. <laughs> but, the lifestyle. But, 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 but then, it's and that was the day before Thanksgiving, yeah. correct? It's and cool. then Thanksgiving Day, you're now in court or you're in you're actually in the rehab, rehab center. center yeah. yeah. And uh, and two very important people came into your life during that recovery experience and we kind of ended where somebody suggested that maybe you have some counseling talent <laughs> that that you have a way of confronting people without them becoming offended. Exactly. That's actually that is a talent. Most people don't have that. Yes. No, they, they really don't. Yeah, so I I've, I've had to learn that the hard way myself, right? So 
So, but so tell us what happened after that. You know, it yeah. just. I think it just dropped a seed, and then I had to, you know, I was in the sober living. I went to my jail time. I got a job, and then they hired me as a, a tech. Basically, I worked from 11 to 7 in that sober living. And uh, one of the counselors came in. One of the other guys that was with me said, hey, I want to go to this counselor training program in Minnesota. Do you want to come? I'm like, yeah, let's go for it. And I signed up for this Hazelden program, and uh, it Hazelden was like a year. Ford. Huh? Hazelden Betty Ford. Yeah, now it's Hazelden yeah, Betty Ford, but, but back but, at, you know, at the know, day. They were a sponsor of Matthew's Hope in the very beginning. Oh, that's great. Yeah, two of their executive directors, the guy from L.A., Yeah, excuse me, and the executive director from their Chicago offices, yeah. actually did videos, oh, nice. and they're on our website. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, under resources, talking about you know different recovery uh, issues yeah. and, and yeah. solutions. Oh, they're fantastic. Yeah, so, I love Hazelden. Yeah. Hazelden's one yeah. of the best places to you know for counselors to get trained to become <laughs> counselors and so i signed up got accepted but it was like a year wait and then we had hired a counselor that came in from wisconsin and he said hey i the lady who trained me is doing a training program in houston mm-hmm. would you be interested if i you know give you an application i said yeah so i filled it out next thing you know i came to houston they said all right we're ready for you to start and that was in 1983 so I basically came for a one-year counselor training program in Houston, went back to Louisiana. So you were 13 years old when that happened. <laughs> I was in my 20s. I was in my early okay. 20s. Yeah, it's funny when you're when I'm I was in my – trying to help you. Trying to. Yeah, yeah, no, thank you. But I was in my 20s, and most of my the clients that they give you in the, toward the end of your training were all older than me, and some of them are still sober. One of them was a pilot that had a law degree. This was in Dallas because part of my training I was in Dallas. and. You know, they, it was wonderful because even though I was in my early 20s, right. they still wanted the message. And, and they, you know, I've since seen that guy, and it's been amazing that, mm-hmm. to see that, you know, they've stayed sober and you've made an impact. And it's nothing more gratifying than reaching to someone else to change their life. This is why I do what I do now because yeah. nothing is more gratifying yeah. than helping somebody in the, in the midst. I mean, they're, they're in the deepest, darkest hole. Yep. They can't see any light. Yep. And if you can actually show them a little bit of light, yep. just a little bit, yep. right? It, it, just a little bit of light, it makes such a difference. You know, I remember um, um, uh, Jesus Christ during his ministry, he said to one of his apostles, if you has, have faith as of a mustard seed, mm-hmm. you can move mountains. Mm-hmm. Well, folks, a mustard seed is tiny mm-hmm. it's a really tiny seed but it grows into a big tree so jesus was was just doing an allegory or mm-hmm. parable yep. of of you know what it means to be a human being a little bit of faith real faith yep. a little bit of real belief which is that little bit of light yep. right that your soul needs yep. right yep. and and so that's what that's what we're doing in the recovery field yep. right yep we're we're trying to help people see a little bit of light a little bit more light, yep. right? And we, we lead by example. Yep. And we finally get them maybe into a 12-step personal recovery yep. program. Yep. And that's hard for a lot. of. I, I, I understand the statistics of that is a little bit dismal yep. at first, right? Yep. Uh, what is it, Jennifer? I think you know those stats. Well, how many people actually go through the 12-step program the first time completely? Um, well, what percentage? I think it's something like ten percent at the most. I mean, no one. I think no one really knows because it's an anonymous program. Yeah, because program, it's an anonymous but, uh, true, program. Yeah, true, so. true. You get chips. So <laughs> there's desire chips to get sober, and then you got obviously terms of sobriety. And mm-hmm. so, like thirty year chips, there's like 
you know, the number of 30-year chips is small compared <laughs> to the number of desired chips because, you know, everybody yeah. starts and then some people start again. The key is if they're willing to start again. Yeah. We don't right. we don't shoot our wounded. No, we don't. That's right. right. That's exactly right. I it's think desired yeah. chips are the, the yeah. most common chips, yes. but that's like the beginning. Start. That's the start. Yeah, work right? towards it. Get more chips and, you know, the, um, you know, the desire is people want to know that you care more than what you know. Mm, and the right. beauty of 12 steps is that it's people care because you're caring for that person cares for you. Right. One of the things that we do at our recovery support team is uh, our recovery coaches, the, the first thing they do prior to discharge from the uh, detox recovery program, and I know you do the same yes. thing, is they try to find a sponsor, <laughs> yep. somebody who is in recovery themselves yep. Yep. for that particular substance, yep. right? Yep. May it be alcohol, cocaine, opioids, whatever it might be. Yeah. Uh, so you try to find a sponsor that really gets it on yeah. recovering from that substance. Just right? to match them so, up. Yeah. Match them up, Takes, yeah. yeah. Where did it begin? Yeah. Bill talking to. Yeah, we, we find that that is, that is the source of our greatest uh, sobriety, long-term sobriety success. Mm-hmm. We're running uh, something like um, 68% um, 90 to 100 day sobriety right yep. now. Yep. So we're doing very, very well. But the key is, uh, as you know, we use yep. uh, IASIS technology to help clear the brain, clear the pathways, help people focus. And and it also gets rid of their anxiety and their depression. It really helps a lot. It's amazing. So then we can counsel. We can tell them about the 12-step program, get them interested in it. We can we can tell them about their need for spiritual connection, yep. their need for f- proper fitness, proper nutrition, right, right. Yep. their need to maybe get back into what they used to like, a vocation yep. or a hobby mm-hmm. or both. So they're, they're just more – uh, available to us mm-hmm. when we use this uh, microcurrent neurofeedback. And then that recovery support team combined with a sponsor <laughs> right. is amazing. And I want our listeners to understand it really does work. Mm-hmm. And even if your loved one relapses once or twice or three times or even more, typically what's happening is they are getting closer and closer to that spot where they need to be right, to, right. to actually want Long-term sobriety more than anything else. Yep. Right, right. Sometimes it takes a while. They're, yeah, go, they're going out and mm-hmm. gathering information, right, George? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you either see the light or you feel the heat. What did you? And the people that get sober and don't stay sober, you hope that their support team gets stronger in understanding things so that the road gets narrower mm-hmm. and the heat gets turned up so they realize it's time to surrender. The alcoholics by nature are stubborn people. Absolutely. And so the the beauty of the program of being attraction, not promotion, is that the heat from the family will get them to the recovery. But then once they're in recovery, they hear from others that are just like them and says, oh, this is not so bad. Mm. <laughs> it's a pretty good life. And I don't have to worry about people always on my tail or what I told somebody that, you know, I told that I didn't remember what I told them because I was so dishonest. I'm honest yeah. and integrity and openness and willingness right. are some of the keys to sobriety. Right. So they they. They either see the light or feel the heat, right, right. and typically it's it's, it's both. both. I, felt, I, felt, I felt the heat before I saw the before light, for the sure. Light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. very, very good. Actually, I, I've never heard that quote, or if I did, I didn't remember it. So, that, so, yeah. so um, when once they detox, we send them to either sober living or a residential uh, Place such as yours. So, so yeah. talk to, uh, to us keep about them in that positive community. recovery. Yeah. yeah. So talk to us about what you do and how you do it. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. I, obviously, positive recovery center 
much like you guys, is so focused on the the we changed our first program was called the Right Step. Mm-hmm. I, I sold it in twenty twelve. My, my son went to your Right Step program. Yes, and it was very beneficial. Yeah, the Right Step's yes. amazing. That's, that was the one in Wimberley. Yeah, it was in Wimberley. Yeah, we yeah. were. I'm so blessed that I was part of that for twenty years, and then I sold it, and I couldn't do anything in the business for four and a half years. But I really um, uh, the the story behind the name of positive recovery. I don't know how much time we have, but I had the employees read. We have plenty of time. You're good. Okay. I had the employees read at the right step at the time, Delivering Happiness. It's a book on Zappos shoes, but the guy in the Mm. book talks about positive psychology. Mm. And so our physician, Dr. Jason Powers, went on to get his master's degree in positive psychology. Yes, yes. Let's talk about Dr. Powers and and that on the next segment. Yes. Y'all, please don't go away. We'll, we'll be back in a minute. But George. Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio. This is Larry Wittekind, your host. With us is George Joseph. He was just getting into Dr. Jason Powers yeah. and uh, how positive recovery started and what George did has done with his life since then. Yeah. So, so basically, Dr. Powers read the book, Delivering Happiness, like all employees, and had to write a little paragraph about it. And so he ended up investigating where positive psychology came from. Hmm. And Dr. Seligman at University of Penn had a mass, master's program, so he basically signed up for it. Mm-hmm. and started to create this curriculum called Positive Recovery. Mm-hmm. And I, once I sold Right Step, uh, like I said, I had four and a half years of non-compete. And so when I wanted to restart a program, I said, yeah. I called him first. I said, listen, I want to use your name, yeah. the Positive Recovery name, and I want to work on use your curriculum because it's strength-based. In recovery, mm-hmm. like the, the part about the heat, yes, we have to beat <laughs> people down to see their addiction, their denial. Yeah. We have to beat to the denial with a little chisel. Yeah. But most alcoholics are have inferiority complexes. <laughs> they you know, they they're they have insecurities. And so what positive recovery does is not only get them to accept their addiction, but to build work on their strengths. Like what is the positive things that they already have inside of them that we want to grow? It's like yeah. miracle grow. We want to yeah. give them we want to give them that fertilizer to have them grow in sobriety so that they're feeling good about themselves and the impact they can make on the world. The 12 steps does it naturally, but not everybody gets to the 12 step. They they sometimes That's falter That's right. and, and give up before right. they see the the cure the magic and the the miracles and the promises in the steps as as we build on the steps. So we're just trying to use this positive strength um, curriculum to help build that so that they do get to the 12 step and see the miracle of what it does for them, the people around them, and then the 12 step is basically helping others and pass it along. So that's that how it continues. That sounds very powerful to me. It's amazing. That's powerful. It's so, amazing. So, so your positive recovery program using that curriculum yes. that Dr. Powers uh, yes. started, yes. Um, is its main design is to get people into the yes. 12 step program. Yes. <laughs> get them to the, to the place yes. in their life yeah where they're willing to just embrace it. Yes, and continue it. Because a lot of times what happens is people get some relief, like they'll be in a tough spot, they Mm -hmm. find recovery, right? They get some relief and then they forget about the things that got them to get the relief and they slide back. 
So we need to give them that extra strength to say, oh, this works. Let me keep working it versus it's yeah. works. Life's good. I'll right. see you later. Right. I'm that, good. I'm cured. That I, I feel better. That. I think I'll stop now. Yeah, I They've think I'll stop that. now. Yeah, that's the, that's yeah. the biggest. And that happens so often, doesn't yeah, you, it, Jennifer? You stop, you stop yeah. feeling that heat and you're just like, okay, I feel better. And I can, I got it from here. Yeah, I don't see, need yeah, help. Yeah, yeah, see your you brain later. convinces <laughs> you. The, al- the, the disease convinces you you have it. It's unbelievable. We Fortunately, it's very few, but we have have a few clients that want to come into our program for detox. We have a 10-day program for detox recovery. We do the same thing. We try to get people prepared yep. for that personal 12-step program experience. And uh, and and what we do is uh, we're, we're now collaborating with Positive Recovery so yep. that we can get our clients into their 30-day residential treatment program yep. or their IOP program, whatever is best for the client. But uh, uh, it's amazing to me how many clients will come in, will detox them, and they feel good after three or four days, and they just want to leave. <laughs> and 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 it's it's actually, folks, it's difficult yeah. for my clinical staff to actually convince these people to stay. Yep. And I'm 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 telling you, kudos to the clinical staffs, whether they be Positive Recovery, yeah. Matthew's Hope, whatever yeah. program, yeah. kudos to the clinical staffs Thank because you. these staffs work hard. To convince our clients to stay with it, yep. we do. Every once in a while, we'll lose somebody early. And you yep. know what happens? Yep. They're back in three days. Yep. Well, they come back because they went out and gathered the information again. I mean, yes. that was that was yes. necessary for their recovery in the future. Exactly. Right? One of the things yeah. I did early on in my career, I'm most proud of, is that for the people that pay on their own without their insurance, they pay for 30 days. If, if you relapse within a year, you come back for free. You That's say, a part of your program. Yeah, it's always been a part uh, of my program for the last 15, 20 years, even with the right step. I don't know if they still do it now, but we do it at Positive yes. Recovery. Yeah. And the reason I do that is twofold. One is a lot of times they do leave feeling good and they forget and they relapse. And so we have to bring them back. But when we bring them back, and it's less usually less than 10% come back in yeah. that year. So it's not like you you load it up with all these people that relapse. So it's, it shows me that the 30 days is a good start. Yes. When they come back, they not only help themselves by saying, man, I wish I'd have listened. I wish I wouldn't have got back in that relationship. I wish I'd have uh-huh. went to the sober living. I wish I'd have did the IOP. I wish I would, uh-huh. you know, all these things that they wish they didn't do that led to their relapse. But more importantly, they help the people that are in the program that are already starting to think, oh, I got this. I can do this. I know the counselor's saying to go here or do this, but I think that's overkill. That's the biggest thing you have to deal with with alcoholics and addicts is they think things are overkill, whereas a staff member, we're like, no, dude, no. You need more than I'm telling you. I'm I'm trying to be nice to you. You need to keep doing more of this because your disease has been so bad. There was a guy I heard speak early on in my sobriety, which was so valuable. He said, George, he said, your addiction doesn't stop when you get sober. The longer you're sober, actually the harder it's gonna be yep. if you go out because the addiction is a lot stronger than what it was when yeah. you left. Mm-hmm. It's continuing to do it. People mm-hmm. say it's doing push-ups, push-ups in the parking lot. But yeah. it's it's true, I be, I've seen it where people have, I've seen them get sober, their life is amazing, they relapse and when you see them the next time, it's yeah. total sh- terrible. Uh-huh. You know, I wish I could say the word, but you know, it's a terrible <laughs> yeah. situation because right, right. they don't even look like themselves. Their right. bodies uh-huh. and their minds are right. starting to be deteriorating yeah. because of the illness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's a, a sad situation. Sad. And it's our sad. Death, our, our deaths. They don't yeah. make it. They yeah. they think yeah. they got it and they relapse. And I mean, there's story after story that just makes me so sad whenever I hear it of somebody who's 
20 years sober, yep. mm-hmm. and they think that they no longer have the disease. Yeah. Right. They it, think that they're healed. Yep. And then they go out go and have a scotch or whatever their favorite wine. drink was. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and they, they kill and somebody they died, in a DWI or they yeah. kill themselves. Or they killed yeah. themselves. Yep. yep. Or they died that Thank night. God. I've been I've yeah. been to a lot of funerals yeah. of people that I loved and mm-hmm. cared for that when they were sober they were amazing people. Oh yes. But there somewhere in their brain told them that they didn't need the help that they were getting. That was working. That's it insanity. Working. It's right. working. Right. <laughs> the insanity right. returns, and I think I don't need that. Yeah. I don't See, need this. You know, a corollary is like diabetes. Yes. You take a simple disease that most people understand, yes. right? So, you know, you can you can you can go twenty years as a as a diabetic, keeping your insulin under control with good diet, yes. good good exercise. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're taking a drug that helps yep. keep your insulin yes. under control, your sugar under control, basically, and you feel good. Yeah. And you're fit, yeah. and you have great relationships, yeah. and all of a sudden you think, well, you know, that ice cream looks really good. <laughs> you know, that baked potato with butter and, uh, you know, or, I just want to have one Coke. I haven't yeah. had a Coke in 20 years. Yeah. And it's that's it. it. Right. It starts with that one, right, George? Yeah, it starts yeah. with That's the, the one. Issue. One's yeah. too many, Just, a thousand's not yeah. enough. One's too many, One's a thousand's too many, not a enough. a thousand yeah. is not enough. That's the problem. People right. wonder why you're still sober. Why are you still, you know, you've been right. sober this long. And, from and that why one. can't you have one? I, I, maybe I can, but why would I? Why, why would, you why would I, risk I want to? It? I love why? my life why? like I've, it is. I've had to yeah. tell somebody that not too we, long ago. We can be crazy and be totally happy without it. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, why chance it? It's like stepping in front. It's like it's like a train is coming at you, and you're in your car, and you think you think I can make it. I can yes. make it. I can make it. But what if you don't? Oh, yeah. yeah. What if you don't make it? <laughs> You've made it right now by just sitting where you are. <laughs> exactly. yeah, right, and that's right. a characteristic of the disease, that right. you think you can make it. <laughs> and so you have to be surrounded by people in a recovery program to make you think, oh, no, I can't, probably won't make it. I better stay here. Yeah, yeah. So, so one of the things I've gotten to know Jennifer real well, and she does her 12-step program every morning. Yeah. Every yeah. morning. You're telling on me now. And, uh, yes. Well, but it's true. I mean, it's she 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 is doing it every morning. It takes diligence, and, and you know, I'm a Christian, and I I try to study the Bible every morning. Yeah, but I fail in that effort. Yeah, but yet I watch her, and I don't. It's very rare that she doesn't doesn't do that well, every morning. Because and I think my very myself, life depends on it. Your I'm very life honest. depends on I mean, it. See, I'm that's a, it. I'm yeah. indebted to yeah. to my sobriety. But 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 I my got. life depends on me being grounded spiritually as well every day. Right, so that I can actually do good, bring glory to God, and help help each other. So that's what it's all about. Anyway, folks, thank you for listening. George, thank you for being with us. You're welcome. This has been a a great show. If we can help you, call. uh, look at PositiveRecovery.com or call our uh, number. Yeah, that number is 877-4, the number 4, sobriety. You all be good. Have a great week.